passion using paper for my notes by Pastor Jerry. <laughs> so um, I advanced, I upgraded. Um, this is more up to my generation, but <laughs> I like paper, I'll be honest. I do like paper. Um, but I guess I just have to go with the motions. Um, so let's just open up with prayer. I, I always like opening up with prayer because um, I think it just sets the environment. It sets the soil so that you guys could receive something that is unique to you, that the Lord has created and um, crafted for you. So let's just pray before I start. Lord, I pray, Father, that, um, that you would prepare the, the hearts of my brothers and sisters here today, Father. I pray, Father, that this message would glorify you and not myself, Lord, that pride would not happen in my heart, Father. I want you to be glorified, Lord. I want you to be known, Lord. I pray, Lord, that through this message, Father, that you would allow my, my brothers and sisters to know what it means to have shalom, Lord, to have peace. So I thank you, Father, for their hearts, for coming here today, Lord, and being part of this community, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so if you don't know me, my name is Yusir Aiden Handel, um, but people usually call me Aiden. Um, I am currently an intern at CLDI, which is an organization that does a lot of stuff on the South Side, um, a lot of good things. And um, I also am an intern at Faith Chapel because I'm trying to be a church planner along with my wife in New York City, which is a big dream. Um, but I believe that if the Lord calls us, it can be done. Um, me and my wife have been married almost a year now, and May will be married for a full year. Um, and marriage has been great. Marriage has been a roller coaster, but it's been good. <laughs> um, and um, every time before, um, when I was younger, we would go to a um, a synagogue um, because I'm Jewish and Mexican. Um, so I grew up Christian, but I was a little weird because my family also, some of my family would go to the synagogue for. Um, the Jewish way they do uh, church. And so every time when you would walk into the synagogue um, and it was a stranger or someone that you looked at, you would always say, um, Shalom Alehem. Shalom Alehem. So I, wanna, I want you to look to your, your, your neighbor and say, Shalom Alehem. And if you want to get fancy with it, you, you have to act like there's a fly that just went in your mouth and be like, Shalom Alehem. Like, shalom alem. Um, and what that means is peace unto you. Peace unto you. Um, and I, I love this about the Jewish way they do church because it's like you're, you're telling a stranger, peace unto you, peace unto your family, peace unto your life. Um, and today I want to talk about a different shalom now, a shalom that only comes from the Father. Uh, the message here today is called Father Shalom. And, and the reason why I use Father instead of Yahweh is because I feel like Father has this connotation where um, a father grabs their, their, their daughter or their son. They, um, they embrace their son or their daughter. They, they want what's best for their son or daughter. And by the Father being Shalom, he embraces us in this Shalom, in this peace. Um, and the purpose of the me this message today is that you would come to know the Father as Shalom, the Father as peace, but also that you would find the missing peace in your life that the Father can only fill. 
the definition of shalom according to Hebrew is not just peace, but it's not also just the absence of conflict or or serenity or the inner soul. Uh, um, In the Bible, it's wholeness, it's it's well-being, it's thriving, it's, it's everything that the Lord intended it to be. That is shalom. It's not just peace. So when, when you say shalom, it's not that just one word. It's, it's this package that, that has all these things in one. You're saying more than just peace. You're saying peace. You're saying wholeness. You're saying completeness. You're saying what the Lord had intended your life to be or what the, the Lord intended the world to be. So we come to our first question. How do we know the Father's shalom? And... Um, the reason why I'm kind of s- taking this message as kind of like a question to answer is because a lot of times we have these questions, but we don't always have answers. Um, and we know that the Lord is peace, but we don't always know where that came from or why we even think that. Um, and in then Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteous from the time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So in this verse in specific, it's talking about Jesus. And you're probably asking yourself, well, why are you talking about Jesus if we're talking about the Father? We're talking about God. Um, well, in John 14, 9, it, it explains that if we know Jesus, then we also know the Father. Um, and it says th- in this verse, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, just show us the Father? If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, it means that the Father is peace itself. Uh, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and, and the key word here is of, of peace. It's not um, Prince of the person that gives peace, or Prince of this, this, this. No, of peace. And that means that peace is a part of Jesus. And because peace is a part of Jesus, peace is a part of the Lord. Peace is part of the Father. Um, And so in the scripture, when it says Prince of Peace, it's showing us that the Lord, the Father, is peace. The Lord is shalom. And the crazy thing about this is this shalom isn't a a peace of God. It's It's not a characteristic of God. It is God. (laughs) It is literally God. It's literally who he is. Shalom is a part of his being. It cannot be taken out of him. It cannot be disregarded of him. If you look to the Father, then you're looking at shalom. You're looking at peace. You're looking at wholeness. You're looking at what it was intended to be. So my first point today is the Lord is shalom as shalom is the Lord. It's not um, something that you could separate. If the Lord is shalom, then shalom is the Lord. If you look to the Father, you are looking to shalom. Now we come to this next question. When when was the Father's shalom introduced into the world? 
Well, if you look at Genesis, uh, we see that God creates this world, and there's Adam and Eve, and there's these plants, and these animals, and it's wonderful. And something key about the beginning is that people are living with God. It, it's not this, it doesn't seem like the separation. It seems like people are so connected with God in this moment. Adam and Eve have this, this close relationship with, fa- with the Father because that's what the Father intended it to be. And um, even in that time, the animals didn't try to hurt Adam and Eve. Uh, the animals were just chilling, r- walking around and, and enjoying their life, I guess. I mean, um, but they never harmed Adam and Eve because what the Lord intended is for, not, for there not to be death. And so at the very beginning, we see what it means to be whole. We see what it means um, for what God intended. So the Lord intended it to be whole. The Lord intended it to be a place where we could come together with the Father and be in close connection with him and so that we do not have to fear anything. But the thing is, sin came in. And when sin came in, this wholeness, what God intended it to be, was no longer a reality. And now what the Lord had tended to be was now separated. Um, and my second point is, the Father Shalom was at the very beginning of creation and is also where Shalom between humanity and God had been broken. You see, the, the Lord was walking in the garden and it didn't seem as though Adam and Eve were fearful. They, they, they didn't seem scared. They, they were scared because of their sin because they knew what they did. But it didn't seem unreal that the Lord was just walking in the garden. And what we can see through that is that Adam and Eve were used to, to the Lord walking with them. But now, if you look at our world now, it's really hard to see that the Lord is walking with you. It's really hard to see because there's chaos, there's death, there's suicide, there's drug abuse, there's all these things. And... Um, the Lord intended it to be shalom. It, it, he intended it to be this place where there was no death, where there was no hurts, where animals didn't hurt each other and they didn't hurt man, where the, the, the fruits were always growing and it was always beautiful and there's always these magnific- mas- magnificent trees. But when sin came in, it was ruined. So... <laughs> What's funny is um, I, I was thinking about this, this preaching, and I'm going to move this so everyone can see. Um, and I was asking the Lord, uh, my, my mom was a theater teacher, and so she was very into very illustrated sermons. She was into um, things being really nice, and, and, but also simplifying a complicated message into something simple. Um, so I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to show these people so that they can understand what shalom is? Um, and he gave me an orange. <laughs> so um, today I'm going to do, I'm going to teach you about shalom with this orange. And I hope that every time you see an orange, you think of this preaching and you think of shalom. So are you guys ready for this? Okay. So this is shalom. This is what the Lord intended it to be. It's whole. 
Um, it's not separate. I, I mean, I could squeeze it, but it's really hard to get through. This is shalom. This is wholeness. This is completeness. This is what the Lord intended it to be. This is the relationship between humanity and God being perfect. It was together. It was what the Lord intended it to be. And like what I had just said, the Lord intended it to be that way, but once sin came in, it was now separate. God and humanity were now separate. And now the full shalom was now disconnected. And now the Lord is here, but we are over here. Because sin had came in. Sin had infiltrated what the Lord had intended. Um, now let me bring this back. <laughs> so when did the Father Shalom come back into the world and, and into humanity? Well, in John 19, 29 through 30, um, it's this image of Jesus. And Jesus is about to fulfill everything. He's about to fulfill everything, and he's on the cross, and he's about to breathe his last breath, and one of the things he says is, it is finished. It is finished. So now I want you to remember, from the beginning, when sin was um, introduced and shalom was disorientated, um, when Jesus came in and sacrificed himself, he now allowed us access to shalom once again. The Lord's blood, the Lord's sacrifice, is what bought back our access to shalom. Okay? And so, when the Lord says it is finished, it's not only Jesus' declaration that sin had been conquered and prophecies fulfilled, um, I believe that Jesus was declaring that the separation between God and humanity was now restored. Shalom, peace, wholeness, well-being, thriving, everything that the Lord intended it to be was now a reality once again and was ac- accessible to us. But yet there is a problem. And the problem is we make makeshift Shalom. Make shift shalom. This is in the Bible. This is a word I came up with. Make shift shalom. Um, have you ever met those people that want to fix everything with duct tape? Uh, um, the, other, the other day, I was driving in Montana, and there was this truck literally being held up by duct tape. I kid you not, I saw a bunch of duct tape holding it up. And make shift shalom is our attempt to make peace in our life not using the Lord. Does that make sense? And so we are separated like this. Our access had been severed. But now when Jesus um, sacrificed himself, we now had access once again. Now, it's not fully together. Why? Because we have free will. Now, we have the opportunity to either pick Jesus or we have the opportunity to look away from Jesus. And so we have access now. We are now closer together because Jesus allowed us access. But many times we make this makeshift shalom. We like to put things together by our own will and not by the Lord's will. So let me show you something. This is your life. A brittle stick. 
like the word says, it's like a breath of air, and you are broken. That would have been funny if I couldn't break it, but I broke it. <laughs> um, and this is our life. It is broken, right? And makeshift shalom, what it does is we try to get this duct tape. We like to get our makeshift shalom, and we like to say... It's ugly. <laughs> and we like to say, hey, it's fixed. You know? <laughs> this is our life. We like to make this makeshift shalom, but we connect it. We try to put our life together with sin, this dark, ugly thing. Um, our life is broken. We try to fix it with many things. And um, another example of this is we have this pill bottle. And I have really bad allergies, um, so this is my drug of choice for allergies. <laughs> so, um, Winco brand, by the way. Um, and every pill represents the things that we try to have temporary peace, temporary shalom. Uh, for example, drugs. Uh, for example, um, sex. For example suicide. For example, lies. For example, it's even falling. That's sin for you. (laughs) Um, Even cheating. Even lust. Even temptation. And by the time we run out of all our pills and all our things that we try to relieve our shalom with, it's empty. And we no longer have access to peace. Why? Because makeshift shalom runs out. It easily runs out. There's nothing in here. I can't do anything with this bottle but look at the directions and hope that it tells me something. (laughs) It does nothing for me. Um, In my own life, um, I've tried to make makeshift shalom before. I, I've tried to make peace on my own terms. Um, one of the things that I... Um, I want to be vulnerable with you because I feel like if I can be vulnerable with you and I could show you my mistakes and what the Lord has done through me, then it could show you that you also need a change too. Um, I think a lot of times what leaders have a hard time with is being vulnerable and saying, you know what, like, I'm a messed up person, but this is how I got through it, and this is how you can get through it too. Um, I want to be vulnerable with you. And so I'm going to be extremely vulnerable um, with, with the intention that you would take it and that you would say, wow, this leader is willing to be vulnerable. I will be vulnerable with my stuff, um, and I, will, I want to see breakthrough. Um, If you want breakthrough in your life, um, one of the biggest things for me was being vulnerable, was was coming out with it, was saying, this is what's going on, this is my problems, it makes me very vulnerable, it makes me look weak, and me as a man, honestly, I I do not like looking weak, but I'm going to be vulnerable because I want to overcome, I want to conquer. And so in my life, at a very young age, I was, I was touched inappropriately, and um, 
it kind of caused this chaos of, of sin, of temptation, of lust. And so uh, naturally, I fell into pornography for a really long, 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 long time. And um, <laughs> sorry if I cried, but um, I remember uh, looking into my wife's eyes when <laughs> she wasn't even my wife and saying, she asking me, like, are you struggling with pornography? And me saying, no, <laughs> like, no, I'm not. And that was my opportunity. That was me creating makeshift shalom. I was trying to lie so that I can make peace with my future wife. And in the end, it hurt her more than if I would have just told the truth right there, then and there. I remember my dad asking me when I was younger, and I was going through it, and I was just introduced to it, asking me, are you struggling with pornography? And I said, no. No, I'm not struggling with pornography. And I remember that secret going and, and, and growing and growing and growing and that makeshift peace, that moment where I try to make peace with myself but not with the Father, it slowly but surely fell apart. And in a moment, I had to, I had to tell my, my future wife, please don't leave me for the sin. I was shameful, I was vulnerable, I felt weak. You see, shame is one of the most disabling sins that you can ever have. If you are ashamed of something, if you are ashamed of something, then you will definitely not know what the Lord has intended for you. Shame is so disabling. Shame will tell you that if you do this, this person's going to react like that, and your life is going to be ruined. Vulnerability is the last thing you want to do. Therapy is the last thing you want to do. Counseling is the last thing you want to do. But I believe we must be vulnerable, church. We need to stop making makeshift shalom, because as you could see, it looks pretty ugly. It's pretty messed up. And when we try to make makeshift shalom with our life, it's only going to be broken. It, it looks fixed. It does the work, but underneath, you see it's still broken. With my lie, I felt like my life was still together, but underneath, I was still broken. I believe many of us, church, have been keeping our brokenness under wraps with our makeshift shalom. We know who the Father is, but we don't know what it means to access him. Everlasting shalom lays not in humanity, but within the Father. If it is not of the Father, it is temporary. You see, this is shalom. And remember how it started. It started whole as God intended it to be. But with sin, it got separated. But when I give access to the Lord, and I get the access to shalom, to completeness, to wholeness, to what the Lord intended my life to be, it becomes something so much sweeter. Now myself and the Lord, I'm not good at squeezing, <laughs> myself and the Lord are coming together in one cup. Can it be separated now? It's sweet, but it's also sour. Why? Because shalom sometimes takes the trials of life to get you here. 
And to this sweetness, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> good stuff. This is good shalom. This is true shalom. Why? Because now instead of being separate, instead of making makeshift shalom with your life, now you have created true shalom with the Father because you've learned how to access him. Now, how do you access shalom? Uh, if you go into church, uh, there's a lot of people that have really complicated answers to really simple questions. Um, I want to give you a simple question. A uh, simple answer, sorry. Simple answer. If you want shalom for your life and you want access to that shalom, if you're taking notes, write this down. Um, know who he is. If you don't know who the Lord is, you're not going to have access to him. I asked, um, I, I take a perspectives class along with my CLDI intern family, and um, I asked this question to this missionary, and I, I asked him, I said, um, I have Afghan refugees living above me. They don't speak my language, only one, pers- one of the family does, not very well. So what questions can I be asking to plant seeds of the gospel into their life? Even though they're full-on Muslim, how do I do it? Where's the connection point? And he, you know what he said? He said a very simple answer. It wasn't complicated. It didn't take him 10 minutes. He said, be crazy about Jesus first. And with you being crazy about Jesus, then you will know what it means to share the gospel to someone who might not understand. If you don't start here, you will never have access to shalom. Why? Because the Lord's story is in here. Jesus' story is in here. Our story is in here. I've had a hard time reading my word, believe it or not. Um, in, in college, I went to school to be a pastor. I learned many things about how to read the word, how to um, exergete it, ex- which means a very complicated word for annotate. Um, but I didn't, I've never went into the Word. I, I, I did four years of Bible college, but I never read the Word for myself. And so I tried to create sh- makeshift shalom. I thought that because I was researching the Word, that because I was doing God's work in my eyes, that that meant that I had shalom, that I had completeness, that I had wholeness. Many of us think the same way. We think that because we come to church, we have access to the Father. But if we don't have access to this, and we're not reading this, then we will not know what shalom really is. This story, this real-life story, tells us that there was someone who loved us in the very beginning. Sin ruined it, but he had in, in his mind a plan that he would send his own son to sacrifice himself for us. And in the very end, all of us together will be in community worshiping his name. And then there will be peace and there will be true shalom as the Lord had intended it to be. Makeshift shalom is what the world feeds us, and it has a lot of it. There's a lot of access to makeshift shalom. But just as much as access we have to this makeshift shalom, 
who have access to the word. Um, we live in America, brothers and sisters, and it's very easy to have access to this. You could get it in a hotel, I think. <laughs> um, and in other places in the world, they don't even have access to this, and they're writing scriptures on pieces of gum wrapper. We have access in front of us, and we don't access it many times. Makeshift peace, <laughs> I don't want to do this around the Bible, but um, makeshift peace looks like this. It makes us close the Bible, and it makes us believe that we have a relationship with the Father that we never really had. We think that we, we made peace with the Lord. We think we have peace with ourselves. We think we have wholeness. We think we have completeness. But in reality, it's closing the word, and it's seducing it. It's, it's, um, it's lowering its power because we are lowering its power. But if we take off the makeshift shalom... If we make makeshift shalom and we take it off and we access the Father, then we will know what it means to actually have shalom. If you want the shalom from the Father, I encourage you to first have shalom, a relationship with the Lord. If you want to feel complete, you want to feel whole, don't go to social media, don't go to Facebook, don't go to your books on how to parent. <laughs> um, if, if, you want it, if you want true shalom, you go to this, and you know your father, and you get to know him well. And you, I bet you, you might read this a hundred times in your lifetime, but every time you read it, you're going to learn something new. The Lord is so beautiful in that way in that there's not an end to it. We learn, and then we learn again, and then we learn again, and then we learn again. What I desire for you today is that shalom would be a part of your life, that you would get so connected with the Father that you would feel complete, that you would feel whole, that you would stop running away, and that you would go to the Father and get crazy about him. If we get crazy about Jesus, other people will see it. Other people will know that we have shalom with ourselves. People meditate to have oneness with themselves, to have peace with themselves. But it doesn't have this peace. It doesn't have this wholeness. It doesn't have this centeredness or whatever you want to call it. The word is what you need access to. The word is what has the shalom. The father is what has shalom. And the father is giving you the keys and saying, come on, son, come on, daughter. Do you want this shalom? Come get it from me. You have access to it. But many times our own thoughts, our own emotions, our own teachings, our own shame gets in the way. And we have these keys in front of us. The father is waiting for us. And we're saying, no, I don't want access to it because I have shame. No, I don't want access to it because I did this and I did that. But remember, the Lord sacrificed himself for you, brothers and sisters. The Lord sacrificed himself for you so that you can have shalom, so that you can have fullness, so that you can have wholeness. Access the Father because the Lord is easily accessible. Let's pray today. We thank you, Father, that you are good, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you give, of, give us access to your shalom, to your peace, to your wholeness, to what you intended it to be, Father. 
I pray, Lord, that you would show us, Father, what it means to have access to you, to have access to your shalom through the word, Lord. Allow me, Lord, and allow my brothers and sisters to draw closer to you and feel what you intended it to be, to be a close connection with the Father, to be something sweet that might have took many trials and many other things, but in the end we have the shalom, we have a peace, we have a wholeness. We thank you, Father, and we pray, Lord, that this, this week would be filled with the shalom that you provide. <clears throat> 